Hi everyone, this is Harris Laurie from the UK and I am looking at chapter 18 of the book of Jeremiah. This chapter is most well known for the prophet's symbolic interpretation of the potter as a metaphor for God. And note that the Hebrew word for potter, yotzer, comes from the root yatsar, yud, sadi, resh, meaning to form, to fashion, to create, which does appear many times in reference to God, in fact, as far back as the creation story in Bereshit, chapter 2. So in this chapter, God instructs Jeremiah to visit the house of a potter. And whilst watching the potter, Jeremiah observes in verse 4 that if the vessel he was making was spoiled, as happens to clay in the potter's hands, he would make it into another vessel, such as the potter saw fit to make. That's verse 4. And at this point then, Jeremiah receives the prophecy. And this is in verses 6 to 10. Here goes. O house of Israel, can I not deal with you like this potter, says the Lord? Just like clay in the hands of the potter, so are you in my hands, O house of Israel. At one moment I may decree that a nation or a kingdom shall be uprooted and pulled down and destroyed. But if that nation against which I made the decree turns back from its wickedness, I change my mind concerning the punishment I planned to bring on it. At another moment, I may decree that a nation or a kingdom shall be built and planted. But if it does what is displeasing to me and does not obey me, then I change my mind concerning the good I planned to bestow upon it. I.e., if God decrees that Israel will be punished, but then Israel repents, then God can reverse God's decree. Conversely, if God decides to bestow good things on Israel because of Israel's righteous behaviour, but then they go astray, God can reverse God's decision and punish them instead. As a Jewish study Bible commentary puts it, the analogy heightens the tremendous power of God vis-a-vis -vis Israel. God is the master craftsman, while Israel is the inanimate clay. Following this prophetic analogy, God then tells Jeremiah to announce God's decision to punish Israel and exhort them to change their ways. God also tells Jeremiah that they won't listen, which must have been the most demotivated thing to hear as a prophet and pretty much sums up Jeremiah's miserable life. God then makes a series of accusations against Israel, portrayed as God's metaphorical, unfaithful and neglect, neglect, negligent, really, wife. And then the final part of the chapter is taken up with the fifth of Jeremiah's seven laments in which he bemoans the suffering he has experienced at the hands of people who have been infuriated by his prophecies. And he goes on to pray for divine justice that these enemies will themselves suffer in quite vivid and disturbing ways, which I think gives us some insight into Jeremiah's state of mind already at this point in the book. Amidst all this gloom, I'd like to return to the analogy of the potter. This image of Israel being totally subject to the decisions and actions of God is elaborated on in one of the Piotim, the liturgical poems that we sing during the Kol Nidre service on Yom Kippur night. And it's known as Labrit Habet. And the Piot starts like this. Ki hine kachomer biyad hayotzer birtsoto marchiv o birtsoto mekatzer. Like the clay in the hand of the potter, he expands it at will and contracts it at will so are we in your hand, O preserver of kindness. And then the, each verse of the piyut goes on to um, elaborate another um, similar 
Similarly, so we have like the stone in the hand of the cutter, like the axe head in the hand of the blacksmith, like the anchor in the hand of the sailor, like the glass in the hand of the blower, like the curtain in the hand of the embroiderer, like the silver in the hands of the silversmith. I.e., this is a very fitting theme for Yom Kippur. Our fate lies completely in God's hands. However, I'd like to offer a slightly different reading, which I suggest may appeal a little bit more to us as moderns. And that is that whilst the potter does not, does have, sorry, does have absolute mastery over his or her clay, the potter could not actually be a potter without the clay. They wouldn't have anything to do. Their vocation would be meaningless. Their role would be redundant. So in that sense, the potter is utterly reliant on the clay, as well as having total control over it. So too with God and Israel. Whilst God has total control over Israel's destiny, God is dependent on Israel to be fully actualized, so to speak. And this links to the accusations which God levels at Israel in the middle of our chapter. So in verse 14 and the first half of verse 15, we read as follows. And this is God accusing Israel. Does one forsake Lebanon's snow from the mountainous rocks? Does one abandon cool water flowing from afar? Yet my people have forgotten me. They sacrifice to a delusion. And so God is speaking as if God needs to be remembered by Israel and needs Israel's attentiveness. And this dynamic tension in the relationship between God and God's people plays out time and time again throughout Tanakh. And I see it as a very empowering call to some kind of reciprocal relationship building between humans and God. Have a good day.